The following program is produced by Sage Advertising and Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today, as I have been for more than 11 years, talking with people about real estate and real estate for investors. I love this topic. Every single day I am visiting with new people that want to either buy real estate, sell real estate, or maybe they're thinking about going into it for the investment purposes. There are still ways to be successful as a real estate investor, but because there's so many people in the field looking to do the same thing, you have to find ways to make yourself distinctive. And you have to find ways to make yourself be in the right position to take advantage of opportunities as they come your way. We've been focusing on credit and your credit history over the course of the last weeks. And today we're going to wrap up the segment by emphasizing how important it is to have good credit scores, but also to have a good credit report. There are differences, you know. You can have a great score, but if you have items in your credit report in the public records section, well, they might keep you from getting a mortgage even though you have a good credit score and a good credit history. So what do you find in those public records? Well, you find things like previous bankruptcies, judgments, tax liens, any kind of court actions or public records that have been filed with the local government, the county government, the state government, or the federal government. You really need to review this section to make sure that the information there is correct and if there is something that is keeping you from getting a mortgage like a judgment or a tax lien, that you address it. I've worked with a lot of people helping them get ready to get a mortgage and many times what we find on the public records are items that are from years and years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, even more. But if those items on those public records are not removed properly – a bank who wants to give you a mortgage is going to be prohibited, essentially, from giving you a mortgage because you have open items on your public records section. So that's one of the reasons that we encourage you to check your credit report well in advance of shopping for a home, of getting pre-approved for a home, so that you can make sure that you are going to be able to move forward in a nice manner without a whole lot of stress and drama. So when you get a copy of your credit report from a mortgage lender, keep in mind the mortgage lending credit reports are the most stringent of all. Make sure that when it all is said and done and you see your score and you see your accounts that you go to the back of the report and you look at the public records. Now, many times in my history, I've helped people remove those items or clear those items up in the public records by writing letters, by calling people. And sometimes we've even had to go to a small claims court to clean things up. It's Yeah, it's a lot of hassle, but let me tell you what. Once you get those items done and you're clear to go on your credit report and your application for a mortgage, you're going to have great relief because now all you need to do is think about going out and shopping for the right home at the right price. Today, we have two outstanding guests in the studio helping us make those kinds of decisions. 
Dan Ryder is with us, and he is the broker at Nevada Home Connections. Also with us later in the show, Michelle Holbert. Michelle is a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. I'm encouraging you to stay tuned, and we'll be back with them and more after this message. The Nevada Women's Expo, October 15th and 16th at the Grand Sierra Resort, offers women the best in business, life, style, and health resources. Featuring lots of exhibitors, unique products and services catering to the many needs of women at every stage of life. Indulge yourself at the Nevada Women's Expo, October 15th and 16th, Grand Sierra Resort. Shop around, try new things, learn new things, lots of free stuff. Visit NevadaWomensExpo.com. There is risk in owning investment real estate in your personal name. Sage International Incorporated, a local business, has been helping new and seasoned real estate investors with their real estate investment strategy by forming LLCs, series LLCs, and corporations for over 23 years to protect their real estate assets. Call 775-786-5515 for a free 30-minute consultation. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. Pleased to be with you today on a very nice summer and heading into fall day in northern Nevada, enjoying the great outdoors and the great indoors, too, in the beautiful neighborhood of Nevada, northern Nevada, that is. It is fantastic to think about living in what I now call the upscale part of the state. Yes, if you live north of Tonopah, I think you are living in the upscale part of the state because I just read recently that the median household, uh, median home price for a standard three-bedroom, two-bath home in southern Nevada is $80,000 less than it is in northern Nevada. So, wow, I'm feeling really good about myself. I think I'm going to hold my head up higher now when I'm driving in my pickup truck over to the dump to drop off a few things later today. Enjoying, too, talking about real estate and the fun things about uh, looking for a home. Challenging things, that is, because of the housing shortage. The demand on homes is uh, unbelievable, really, when you think about the fact that it seems like we went through this in 2005. It didn't take long for it to drop and then come back. They should call them whiplash buyers now instead of boomerang buyers, anybody that's getting back into real estate today. We're today also going to be talking about affordability of homes and we have two people in the studio that are going to be joining us with us is michelle holbert and she is with caliber home loans and she's going to give us the perspective of affordability from the mortgage perspective getting a loan to purchase a home also with us is dan Ryder. dan is the broker at nevada home connections and he has got a great report and great insight onto the local market again when it comes to home affordability we're also going to talk about the recent report we received from the good folks at the Johnson Group about Northern Nevada's commercial investment real estate status. It's the second quarter report from our friend Floyd Rowley. And then we're going to be also talking about what you could do for fun in your home after you purchase your home if you have the liking and uh, you would uh, be interested in behaving. Talk about what behaving is in northern Nevada after this quick break from our sponsors. This is Dan Ryder from Nevada Home Connections. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla right here on k 1450 AM and 94.1 FM. Sage advice is what you get when you listen to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Street smarts on the house. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. 
With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Equal housing lender. SunTech Solar Screening uses Pfeiffer screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. You picked a great day to tune into our show today. We are talking with real estate industry experts every week to help you make the right decision if you're buying or selling a home. It doesn't matter. You have to know what's going on in the real estate market. We all want to be fair, but we also want to understand that we have to be fair to ourselves and without the right kind of information. Sometimes we could be cheating ourselves or denying ourselves of a great opportunity. And real estate, it's looked like to me in the last five years, even 10 years overall, Compared to other investment opportunities, real estate looks to me like it's been one of the most stable. Can you believe that? Stable? We're about where we were back in 2004, I think. It's what, 2004, five going in there. Woo, things are rocking. But how much longer is this stability going to stay? Well, it's putting a challenge on buyers and sellers everywhere. And one of the big challenges is on affordability. With us in the studio today, first of all, Michelle Holbert. Michelle is with Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, you're in the money lending business. When it comes to affordability, that's probably a big factor in your decisions. Oh, of course. Yeah, we actually talk about it every day with our first time home buyers. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of frustration mm-hmm. on the rise because of the affordability here in our market. I remember uh, from the years and years I spent in the uh, lending industry that affordability at that point anyway, Michelle, uh, it was based on a percentage of your debts versus your income. And so depending on how much one person might have in debt, another person with no debt um, and more income, of course, could obviously qualify for more of a purchase, more of a loan. Is that pretty much the way it still works? Yeah, everything, all the loan programs have debt-to-income ratio parameters Mm -hmm. that you cannot exceed. Mm -hmm. And it's it's hard-coded into the algorithm that is used to underwrite these loans. Mm -hmm. The one thing that it doesn't show, though, Peter, and, and this is something where the first question I ask people when they're going to buy a house is truly what their comfort level is, because it's not a... You know, this is a the, the the guidelines are a one size fits all, but not every family or person has the same expenses or the same goals. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, somebody might be paying childcare. Well, unless it's a VA loan, we don't have to count that in their debt ratio, but it may greatly affect their ability to buy that house. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else may be paying health care for an elderly family member. Mm-hmm. You know, these things need to be factored in. That's why what we say the debt ratio requirements are are a guideline, mm-hmm. but the client really needs to assess what their comfort level is. Uh, true enough. And, and with that goes taking responsibility. If they say, this is my comfort level, and that truly has to be their comfort level. Yes, and it's up to us as lenders to take that re- to take that to heart. Mm-hmm. Also with us in the studio, Dan Ryder is with us. Dan is the broker at Nevada Home Connections here in Northern Nevada. Dan, how are you doing today? Very good. Thanks, Peter. 
It's nice to see you back in the studio. It was just a few months back. Maybe Thanks for having me. Springtime. Um, and we were having a good time chatting about the market. I, I really was looking back as to where the market was then. It's amazing. I think it's gone up 6 or 7% minimum as far as the median house price mm. in northern Nevada in such a short amount of time. Maybe that's the uh, idea for keeping prices continuing in the right upward direction is you just have to keep coming on the show. Sure, maybe that. I'm a good luck charm. Yeah, that's it. That's what makes it happen. But, you know, rising prices and uh, an exciting real estate market is not good for everybody, especially for the people that don't have any real estate or that don't own their homes. And I'm glad that you uh, brought up the topic of affordability when we, you walked into the studio today. So talk to us uh, so our audience knows in general how you see affordability as a factor in people buying homes. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, I, the discussion, of course, is my daughter, who's 29, is in the process of buying her first home. That's pressure. <laughs> so, you know, I have that perspective of, you know, rather than just the real estate broker, I'm oh, also wow. a dad. Yeah. Um, you know, a quick question for Michelle. Yeah, you know, I that you know, people buying below what they actually qualify for. Do you see that as a uh, as a trend? You know, Dan, I did. More so when um, in the last couple years when the prices were lower, uh-huh. um, I still see it to a certain degree because I don't think people want to repeat history. Yeah, and they exactly. don't want to, you know, the younger crowd doesn't want it to happen to them what happened to their parents. So yes, I, I've but seen that too. That gap is is closing because in 2005 of the prices. they tended to buy just as much as they could possibly <laughs> yeah. qualify absolutely. for. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of speculation built into that too. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, but the gap is short. Is is, uh, you know, closing just gotcha. a little bit because of prices. A necessity, yeah. correct. Yeah. Well, in my daughter's case, of course, she's uh, she wants that cute, clean, in-town location, good schools close by, uh, every millennial's dream. And uh, it's, it's really been a challenge. I mean, we're clearly going up uh, often against investors. That is, uh, several of the houses she entertained were scooped out from under her, and there was really no price she could offer to... Uh, compete with a cash offer. And, you know, looking at her her pre-qualification, her numbers, I think she's a really good representative of that uh, typical, uh, the, you know, Washoe County medians, just over 55,000. She's right. right in that range. So uh, just to have that unfold in front of me, uh, I, I just feel strongly that we're right on that verge that the, you know, the typical first-timer is no longer going to be able to afford that typical home, particularly in town. And that is uh, this next generation of homebuyers. That is one concurrent theme. They're less likely to drive until they can afford it. That's true. And what I'm seeing too, Dan, is especially for a single income. That's those are the ones. Those are the 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 group that gets hit the hardest. Agreed. One income, and you're really you're you're very limited to what you can buy. Mm -hmm. It's, It's unfortunate. The affordability factor back in the peak in 2004, 5, into 6, I don't think people even looked at it back then. And uh, the whole idea people were buying homes was because they were just going to probably make some money selling it in the next few months. Also, in in talking about affordability for both of you, I seem to remember that the debt-to-income ratios, we were able to do 52, I remember even up to a 55% on, I think it was a, I forget whether a government loan was involved or not, but it was unbelievably high at that time. And I, I know that is not the case now. There's a more cons- much more conservative look at the numbers, isn't there? Well, 
in some cases, um, FHA is still a 56 over a really? over 56% debt My ratio, That's which, amazing. which is high. Um, conventional guidelines are a solid 45% as are um, Nevada mm-hmm. bond guidelines mm-hmm. or grant programs. Yeah. Those are a 45% debt ratio. And those cannot be infringed upon. Right. But the FHA still has a pretty, you know, a, a pretty broad Liberal. spectrum there. Well, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, the, uh, the the fact is that as the as the market grows and, and there's fewer homes to buy, unlike when you're buying a, a commercial property. I'm sorry, not a commercial property, but a commodity. Let's say. You can just stop buying it for a while. You can just take a break on it. But people have to live someplace. So if they're not going to be able to buy a home, their only other alternative, most people think, is to rent. Just go out and rent something. But there have to be some other alternatives to that. We were talking about how you can't make it as a one-income family now. With two incomes, two people getting together, whether they're husband and wife or a couple of friends, whatever, you suddenly have two incomes. Maybe we're going to start to see more of that. Are you seeing more of that, Michelle? Yeah, I'm really starting to see, especially in the last six months, more family members Mm co-signing, not necessarily occupying the property, but, you know, assisting their children or their parents, what have you, in in actually buying that home. As a co-borrower. Yeah, as a co-borrower. A non-occupant co-borrower. Correct. And is it the FHA mortgage that does that, that allows that? You can do it on a conventional loan as well. Really? Yeah, there's... So that's that's new for me. There's an option, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So So we have to find creative ways to let people... To, to give people the opportunity to do that. But when it's all over, is it worth doing that? I mean, it's, it seems like it, it would be even more of a challenge because now you've got to find two people to be on a loan than I – mean, it was tough enough to think about now we have a mortgage. It's like now we have a mortgage and your parents are on the, <laughs> on the hook. I mean, what, what you talk about Well, stress. that occurred the last time around also. You've been there. You know, dealing with short sales and bank-owned properties. Mm-hmm. You saw that yeah. a lot where you had parents – you know, kind of hang their credit on yeah. the line. And it, it was difficult to watch because mm-hmm. it affected them, they, the folks, in, in ways that they didn't anticipate in some yeah. cases. And yeah. actually, it's still it's still out there. I talked to a client just yesterday that they co-signed for a daughter, and she had 12 months of rolling lates. So she was late every single month. She was basically a payment behind. So... They had to pay to catch her payment up, and now they have to wait, depending on you know what program they choose, either six months to twelve months for their credit to recover to recover mm-hmm. itself. Finding a cosigner is a great way to is a great option, you know, to find a way to purchase a home instead of just being a renter. There's other ways I know that we have in mind for our listeners, but we have to take a quick break. So we're going to be chatting with our listeners when we come back about other creative ways to purchase a home, even though there is a housing shortage and an affordability challenge after this message. But first, let's hear what Sherry Hill has to say about real estate investing in Northern Nevada and all across the country. Sherry Hill is the Wealth Protection Diva. Before you make your next investment, that is, before you decide whether to use that $20 bill in your wallet to attend the Real Estate Investor Club meeting next month or to buy your lunch, it would be a good idea to ask yourself if you're at all serious about wanting to make money investing in real estate. You can make a lot of money investing in income-producing property. You can also make a little money when, with some better preparation, you could have made a lot. You can even lose money in real estate when, in fact, you could have 
made both literally and figuratively a great deal. Well-worn cliches assure you, "Hey, investing in real estate is a no-brainer. After all, they're not making any more of it. You can't go wrong, right? Wrong." In real estate, there is a right way and a wrong way to do most things. If you want to succeed, if you want to make money, if you want to get out of the rat race, then learn to do it the right way. It starts with surrounding yourself with experts in the industry, such as those invited onto Nevada Real Estate Radio every week, because they will accelerate your learning curve so you avoid unnecessary and costly mistakes. I have a saying: If you think education is expensive, Try ignorance. Real estate investing is a numbers game. It's not particularly difficult, but understanding the numbers related to cash flow, rates of return, property value, financing guidelines, and several dozen other key measures is absolutely essential to your success. I've been involved with real estate investing and real estate investors for over 30 years. During these three decades, I have talked to a great number of investors throughout the United States, and as many would-be investors. And amazingly, I've encountered some who have been completely unburdened by any knowledge whatsoever of how an income property investment really works. Some have actually survived, but most, however, have turned into material for case studies on how to lose a lot of money. Through my many mentors, I've discovered systems for growing wealth by leveraging it with the security of real estate. I have attended and spoken at hundreds of real estate boot camps, workshops, and seminars across the country, all designed to show you how to make a million dollars. My goal as the wealth protection diva each week is to show you how to keep it. SunTech Solar Screening uses Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening three five two nine three nine six. SunTech Solar Screening. Indulge yourself at the Nevada Women's Expo October fifteenth and sixteenth at the Grand Sierra Resort. You'll find the best resources in business, life, style, and health. A great time for women and men. Visit NevadaWomensExpo.com. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio right here on 1450 AM radio and 94.1 FM, the Lotus Broadcast Stations in Northern Nevada. We're pleased to be with you talking about real estate and real estate for investors. Many people don't understand that when they buy that first investment property, they're really going into business. So we recommend that you talk to the wealth protection diva Sherry Hill at Sage International about incorporating your real estate holdings. That way, you protect yourself from creditors and false accusers. And slips and falls, and well, you know, we live in a litigious society. So why would you want yourself so close to potential troubles when you own real estate as an investment? Call Sherry Hill and ask for a free half-hour consultation to have, find out how you can protect your real estate holdings by incorporating your real estate business. Call her at seven seven five seven eight six five five one five. Ask for the wealth protection diva. 
and tell her that Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, two guests talking about affordability and more when it comes to real estate in northern Nevada. Dan Ryder is with us. He's the broker at Nevada Home Connections. And Michelle Holbert is with us from Caliber Home Loans. Michelle, Caliber Home Loans. Mortgages only, right? That's uh, You guys haven't taken on any new line of work besides the home lending business? No, I think I'll stick to what I know best. Very nice. No, no checking accounts. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm... Um, Okay, that's that. That continues to be the reason that we love your companies because you guys really focus on one thing. That's helping people get into their first home, their primary residence. We are talking with investors all the time, but there is one thing that you do with uh, your work and helping people get started as investments, and that's when you give them a mortgage to purchase a duplex, a threeplex, or a fourplex. Let our listeners know how that process works and how you can maybe own a little bit of investment property when you go in. Well, there's there's several options, Peter. I mean, we do have clients that, you know, buying the buying their primary residence is really the start of a investment portfolio mm-hmm. because three or four years down the road, maybe they move on to the next home and they keep that as their rental. That's how most investors actually started in the investment business. Um, we we also have clients that will come in specifically to purchase. Units um, and as a as a residential lender, we can lend up to four units, so mm-hmm. a fourplex. But what a great way to kind of disperse your, um, you know, just disperse the wealth a little bit and disperse the risk is by having two to four units. So chances are you're not going to have vacancies all at once. Um, in many cases, income from those properties can be used to help qualify, especially what we do is we do a fair market rent assessment. Mm -hmm. And depending on the type of loan program a borrower is doing, we're allowed to give them up to 75% of the fair market rents for that property, including a single family residence. Mm -hmm. That can be helpful Mm -hmm. in getting somebody started. Yeah, Maybe they don't qualify if you have to count the whole debt, but likely they qualify if you give them a little bit of credit for income. Mm -hmm. And if somebody was doing that and they moved into one of the units, um, but they still didn't quite have the down or they needed some help on, you know, getting their debt to income ratio lower so that they would qualify, can they, in these cases, get a non-occupied co-signer, co-borrower to help them out? Well, they they can. And let me me just go back a a little bit if, um, to point out, if somebody is going to occupy one of the units, Mm -hmm. The loan limit threshold and down payment thresholds are a little bit different versus mm-hmm. buying it as a, an investment property. Mm-hmm. Uh, an FHA borrower can still buy a, a multi or a two to four unit property with a lower down payment. Mm-hmm. So a mm-hmm. you know a, a typical so can VA can VA as well, VA mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. that you know that can be huge for somebody mm-hmm. getting into a an investment property slash owner-occupied residence with mm-hmm. very little very little contribution. Mm-hmm. I know across the country there's hope to all kinds of <laughs> programs to help our veterans uh, with uh, assistance and grant programs and things of that type. There's still there's still a big need. There wouldn't be need if uh, a veteran could be helped to buy a fourplex and then you can, three of his buddies could move in or whatever in the, the others and you know, you're helping out more people by you know, giving them a, a secure place. What do you think, Dan? If I may, um, you know, that, that's a pretty popular um, thought these days. That is, a, I've done several uh-huh. multifamily transactions as a listing agent, and I've seen these offers come in. One, one of the challenges you run into with FHA and VA is 
the tendency is to be pretty easy and liberal with the borrower, and they tend to be an equal uh, reverse effect in terms of their scrutiny of the property itself. So you do um, – I've ran into personally just challenges in getting the property to mm. qualify for yeah, an FHA or VA loan as opposed to a larger so a first conventional loan. Yeah, so a first-time home buyer buying a home, that's one thing. But a first-time home buyer buying a fourplex, it's kind of it's a different yeah, animal, you know, isn't generally it? Generally speaking, you, you find them in you know fair to good to sometimes very good condition. But the FHA in, in general is they're going to want it very good. Yeah. Yeah, and they want to see a, a higher caliber. And correct. then also mm-hmm. anything that's been done outside of guide, county guidelines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that cute little house where you converted the garage and you converted the basement, Mm -hmm. maybe you use it as three units, but it may not be truly, you know, Mm -hmm. it it may not be allowed technically by the county. And that's going to be a problem. Michelle Holbert is with us. She is with Caliber Home Loan. She's a mortgage loan originator and also with us in the studio, Dan Ryder. Dan is the broker owner at Nevada Home Connections. And talking about um, fourplexes and what a great idea and concept it is. And maybe there just aren't enough of them, like the housing shortage, there aren't enough available fourplexes. Have you heard of anybody considering building fourplexes? I mean, I think I would think that would be something that would really sell if it was marketed right. Well, for whatever way. reason, you know, the the with the active market right now, a yeah. lot of these places built somewhere between 1950 and. 1980. The fourplexes? That, yeah. that time, time frame. And yeah. it, it's really rare to find, you know, unless you get in maybe, you know, Newlands Manor, house behind a house, that kind of thing. But uh-huh. it seems to me there was a 25-year span in there somewhere where this was a very con- popular, yeah. uh, you know, way way to construct homes. Uh-huh. And it, But I really don't know of anything right now besides, you know, little one-offs where guys yeah. own a lot or split a lot or what have you. Yeah. When we talk about other options and other creative ways, right, to uh, to deal with the affordability factor right now, if you're young and you're wanting to get started, but you you know you, you, you're, the amount of money you have available to pay rent isn't enough to get into a home, I, I think that's when it might be good to talk to somebody about a uh, somewhat of a business agreement. You know, let's go in mm-hmm. together on this home, and if we want to get started in buying investment property, got to start by buying a primary residence, right? So you can at least get your own work together. I mean, it sounds great in theory, but I have to tell you, I had an attorney on a few weeks back. Michelle, I think you were here that day when um, uh, Alicia Johnson was with us, and we talked about the the headaches that can come up when people get on a mortgage, and then suddenly uh, one of them is not, let's say, conducting their life in the appropriate manner. And so, Michelle, the, you probably got some stories. You've, you've seen that, what happens when you get two people um, that you that both agree to do something and then one of them really doesn't live up to it. Uh, it that does happen, unfortunately. But for, I, probably for as many stories that there's a negative, there's probably equal or more that are positive mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. you know, somebody can run a successful... Um, agreement by putting an LLC together, especially if it's being used for a rental property. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've got clients that have had multiple properties with partnerships for years, and um, they've never had any issues. And then I've had others that they have blown up. You, what I, I, the advice I could give to anybody considering that is you really have to take a hard look to who you're getting into business with. Mm-hmm. And you really, you know, you can't just go, you know, you can't just say, well, yeah, he's my brother. 
Okay. Does your brother live his life the way you do and run his money the way you want mm-hmm. to run your money? Yeah. That's the thing to that's those are the questions you have to ask cuz so many times people say, "Oh, it's my brother or it's my best friend." Well, if that best friend doesn't do it like you, you're going to have problems. Do you find oftentimes there's one there's one party that's really the inspiration behind all of it? And that that is that person is somewhat cajoling. Something. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. You yeah. know? I'll, those, I'll handle it. My experience, those have been the relationships that tended to explode. So yeah, I think they need to come in equally uh, motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, to the project itself. So I remember. You know, hey, yeah. can I bring something up? You no, know, this, no, so I've had a couple of, of uh, transactions this year related to this, and it's a very new phenomena. But that is uh, purchasing the home. Uh, with the idea of converting some portion of it, or in some cases, I've seen all of it, uh, at least in terms of into an Airbnb mm-hmm. rental. Uh-huh. Wow. So I'm, uh-huh. so I'm sure the loan underwriters don't want to hear this, but... Exactly. But that is, I have a couple of very active clients right now that are, that is their goal, to purchase a home that they can convert one portion now these are close downtown yeah yeah things of that nature but you know to be honest with you from my perspective it's it's pretty viable yeah that just got me thinking if i bought some raw land i could do some being airbnb to how about tiny house airbnbs (laughs) yeah we deliver (laughs) (laughs) hey that might be a good Uh, idea that is really something you know that's a phenomenon that i never really thought about uh, on how mortgage the, the mortgage industry looks at that. If they, yeah, if they do that, they don't look at it. Maybe we should edit this part of the program out yeah, so that exactly. they, they not, never not look at it. You're a loan underwriter right now. Please go to the bathroom. Yeah, do not listen to this part of the show. Thank you very much. If you're underwriting loans and anybody's talking about Airbnb, we don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm enjoying my conversation today. Good times. Uh, it's a, really a relationship business. The real estate and the well, look, mortgage is real estate. Real estate is real estate. You know, the fix-up guy, he's we in the real estate. Rely we're on all each other. we're all kind of somewhat yes, dependent on each other. But it's a great community because um, it, it is a community. It's kind of like a beehive. Everybody has to do their part in a real estate transaction in the real estate world. And you've got the regulators, you've got the fixers, the plumbers, the appraisers. There's so many details. But when it comes down to it, Dan, it really is about the relationships you have with people. Well, it's interesting. I was th- when you said that, I, I'm thinking of Michelle, and we've done business together for like 25 years. <laughs> it's a really long, long time. time. Um, and yeah, there uh, you do. Uh, you know, the strength of that relationship uh-huh. uh, between uh, lender, broker, title mm-hmm. company, even the, the you know you have a buy side and the sell side of the mm-hmm. transaction. The ability uh, for those two brokers to you know, not of course, this is in, in their client's best interest. They're not in cahoots, so to speak, but they do have to develop a working relationship, which uh, hopefully begins with trust and respect. But that's what makes a successful deal is when all those moving parts come together. Yes, and with the challenges that first-time homebuyers have already, with housing shortages. Uh, affordability factors, lack of knowledge in general, and then everybody that has heard that they're looking to buy or sell a home uh, talking into their ear. I think it's really even more important to have a pro on your side. So so if you're looking to buy a home, especially if you're a first-time home buyer, I always recommend that you ask a few questions. 
Like, how long have you had your license? How long have you been around? Do you even know this part of the country or city? Uh, I've known people that buy homes from people that just got into the business. And, of course, they, they make a lot of the classic mistakes just because they have that lack of knowledge. So getting that referral as to who you're going to be work with, critical. And you guys are referring in your business all the time, different kinds of services out. Dan, you do that, your referrals based on one thing, right? History. History. You, Trust. You Back know, to the you've trust seen deal. people do what they do and you know what they're going to do. And so when somebody says, don't worry about that, just talk to my guy, Vito. He's going to help <laughs> you. Uh, it, it may not go in your direction. And, and the same with the lending side. Look, I can get a loan from any guy in the corner who has some extra cash, but I want to make sure that all of the terms are right. So. Um, and I want to make sure that the loan is right for me. There are some fiduciary responsibilities, in fact, that you have in both of your businesses, in mortgage and Correct. real estate. You, do you guys have to sign an oath or something about how you're going to take care of your clients? Well, it's part of our licensing is very specific to that. And there's fines and penalties if, if you fail to do so. And it's, it truly is ethics. We are here to serve the customer. And to do what is within the you know the guidelines and the law mm-hmm. to get that done, um, you know, serving the customer doesn't mean you fudge on something for them so they can get a loan. That is fraud. Serving the customer means that you disclose to them and that you give as much information so they can make an informed decision. Yeah. You know, you don't just say this is the only option you have if that's mm-hmm. not the case. If just because you're lazy. Yeah. It's, although, are, if you're if you're shopping for a two hundred thousand dollar house, you may hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll buy yes. this one, or we'll <laughs> see when the next one pops up next week. You'd be surprised, though, Dan. Even now, I still have a lot of people say, "Wow, you, you're the only person that." kind of put this spin on it or gave me this additional option. Why didn't so-and-so offer me the MTC program? Or why didn't they tell me how to pay down my loan faster? Those are things and that, that... I think that, to Peter's point, I think, well, our, our licensee population, I think in Reno Sparks Association, we're up to... 2,300, 2,400. Yeah. So this is back to, you know, 2005 peak levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the challenges there is that you... You know, during 2005, we were closing a thousand transactions a month in MLS, and now it's closer to 500. So, the the business is distributed differently, and I I think I would encourage the uh, consumer to not shop for the lowest bidder. (laughs) I guess it's there's a lot of scarcity in the market, and I don't see you know it's it's to me you know it's the middle guy, not the highest, not the lowest, but. Well, you're both outstanding pros in your respected fields of real estate and lending. And, of course, we've got your contact information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. We're going to be talking about our business and why it is kind of like a beehive. And it is like a community when you are wanting to buy and sell real estate. We're going to have some fun. We're also going to talk about some of the latest statistics that have come from the single family and commercial side. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. But first, we're going to hear from my friend Rocket Tom, someone who helps me think outside the globe. This is Rocket Tom challenging you to think outside the globe. Have you ever taken the time to define what the word quality means to you in your business and personal life? Does good quality mean conformance to specifications? Goodness? great value, 
or perhaps it's just minimally acceptable. Does poor quality mean substandard, unreliable, unsafe, of little value, or less than your expectations? You'll continually be disappointed and frustrated if you do not establish standards of quality for your organization. That means quantifying what is unacceptable in products and services, what's minimally acceptable, and what is excellence. These parameters must be quantified, documented, and shared with everyone from employees to suppliers and to customers. If you're manufacturing pharmaceuticals or performing brain surgery, minimal acceptable quality is 100%, right? If you're manufacturing consumer products, the standards might be safety and life expectancy based on the cost and the value of the product. If you have no such standards of quality, your products and services will continually be inconsistent and customers may become victims instead of highly motivated referrals for you. To learn more about thinking outside the globe, you can find me on the web at rockettom.com. This is Melissa Manessas, Home at Last Specialist at Nevada Rural Housing Authority. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla right here on K-Hit, 1450 AM and 94.1 FM. Gather your girlfriends for a day of fun and pampering at the Nevada Women's Expo, October 15th and 16th, Grand Sierra Resort, nevadawomensexpo.com. Many times, closing a real estate deal fast is the key to getting the great deal done. At Socotra Capital, we help you get the money fast. This is Dave Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments at Socotra Capital. We are a hard money lender for real estate transactions that need to close fast, way before banks or institutional financing can complete the deal. We're ready to talk to you about closing your transaction quickly, and we can get you the money fast. Visit www.socotracapitalnevada.com or call 775-420-4990 for a personal appointment. Thank you. Socotra Capital, Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. David Washburn's NMLS agent number 51269. Socotra Capital, Nevada, Incorporated. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you, enjoying my conversation with industry experts every week and talking about my favorite subject, real estate and real estate for investors. I I think anybody that buys real estate, I don't care if it's raw land, your primary residence, a condo, a timeshare. I mean, you're investing in real estate. You're investing in just a little bit of America, a little piece. It makes you feel good. It's all about the emotions that you have. That's why the real estate industry is really, it's a lot like it should be called the relationship industry because you need to have connections to find that right piece of property. And unlike anything else in the world that you can buy, almost anything else, there's no two of them alike. They're all so different. Each one is unique in its own way. And so the transaction that you have with the realtor, with the lender, with the title, escrow, everybody, it's going to be a unique transaction because the real estate itself is 
different. So you have to be dealing with people that are pros. You uh, want to get some brain surgery done, maybe you go to a brain surgery expert. You don't go to just any doctor. You go to somebody who's in that specific field. And many times when you're buying real estate, you don't realize that you do need an expert. If you want to buy, for instance, in the Lake Tahoe area, you really need to be dealing with somebody who knows that area intimately and knows if the pricing of the property you're looking at buying is fairly priced, etc., etc. The long and the short, deal with people that you know, like, and trust. Today, I have two people with me in the studio that I know, like, and trust. Michelle Hulbert from Caliber Home Loans is one of them. I hope you're enjoying being on the show today, Michelle. I am, Peter, always, and I'm glad I'm on your list of know, like, and trust. Yes, yes, very good. Yeah, that is a good list to be on. I wish I was on somebody's know, like, and trust. I hope I am. You are. You're on mine. (laughs) Thank you. Also with us, Dan Ryder is another person we know, like, and trust. Dan is the broker at Nevada Home Connections here in northern Nevada. Tell us a little bit about the company, Dan. Well, we formed it uh, just over two years ago. It started with just a partner and I. Both of us uh, had left larger firms or different situations. Since then, we've uh, attracted, well, we have 15 licensees right now, Mm -hmm. um, really seven lead agents. And the one thing we have in common is we all know, like, and trust. Each of us have our broker designation, um, many years in the business, so somewhat... uh, Autonomous. I mm-hmm. mean, certainly we abide by the the laws of the real estate division and so forth. But uh, it, uh, in, it's, in a sense, it kind of runs itself and uh, maybe a little bit more of a commune than a brokerage. But so far, it's going wonderfully. That's very nice. Uh, it's good to be working with a good team. We have the same things going on here where I work. And, and when you have a great team, it's amazing what you can accomplish because you have more than one mind on the project. You have more than one back on the project if there's any heavy lifting to do. But mostly you have that support and encouragement that you get when you're surrounding yourself with people that want you to be successful. It's always a great feeling to know that you've got a fan club. Uh, yeah, the fact that we do know each other so well and are so close that um, well, we've each of us has found the need for assistance and staff people has is greatly reduced because we have one another. If somebody's out of town or needs something done. Um, and it's just, it's, it may be, to me, it's a different look at business, this cooperative uh, kind of phenomena, but mm-hmm. uh, we're in it, and so far it's worked wonderfully. Well, you know, I likened it uh, in the first segment as somewhat more like a beehive, a bee colony. And there's good reason for that is uh, I want our listeners to know that uh, for a while I've been investigating the idea of becoming uh, more active in beekeeping because I love honey and I love nature and I just love the sound of the bees buzzing. And I put out an all points bulletin to some of my contacts through the radio show and come to find out that one of my guests, prior guests, and now a guest today, is also interested in beekeeping. In fact, he is a beekeeper. Dan Ryder, you're a beekeeper as well. I did not see that on your designations of your it's business card. It's not on my designations, no. But, but it, is, it is an important part, really, of, of, uh, of your life. It is. Well, initially, uh, my wife owns a small organic landscaping company, and she brought bees into it thinking that it would be, uh, well, a profit center for the company. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> we had some bear attacks back in 2013, pretty put a kibosh on that. But, uh, you, you know, in, in that, I just developed a, a real love and affinity towards it. And uh-huh. now it's, frankly, it's probably my chief hobby. Yeah. Outside of being a dad and a husband, 
Uh, beekeeping is up there. So it's like having three thousand or more pets, isn't it? In, in your backyard. Well, right now we have about seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, they must uh, have had babies. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I, I had this discussion last weekend. The, you know, when you're when you're working the hive, and, and we do it. I wear a veil, but I don't wear gloves or you know a suit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the key element is to just remain super calm, and it's almost. Uh, well, it's like meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go in there and, and you have, uh, you know, anxiety, and horses are like that also, I found. But, you know, you, you need to come in with an inner calm that you can't fake. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, for me, it's almost therapeutic yeah. uh, to go out and work the bees. Have you ever been around bees, Michelle? Uh, no, probably because I got bit by one. <laughs> I try to stay away. All right, so that's. I do appreciate them, though. I would never, you know, I, I will leave them alone. <laughs> that's a story that many of us have. Many people yeah. have because, uh, you know, when I was a little boy, for instance, my older brother was attacked by some hornets that he was disturbing. Right, it was his fault. He went up there and disturbs a hornet nest. What? Well, that happened. But, you know, we all tend to categorize it maybe at that age that bees are bees they're they're all kind of the same but they are very different and in fact in my uh my gatherings and research of uh, bee interest i start hanging around the bees and i find that they pretty much ignore me they don't care it's well it's like uh you know i'm at home you know i'm just wandering and they're looking at me and checking me out and then off they go and they do doing their thing they're really beautiful creatures and I just love their 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 society. They've really got their act together. They're very They're, single-minded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and then I love the show. I'm a Star Trek fan, Michelle. So uh, in Star Trek, there is a, a, a life form called the Borg. And the Borg operate basically as a hive. They all communicate with each other. And, and they all know what's going on, all for the benefit of the one queen. And so it's very similar to that. And I can see how it works because it's very orderly. Uh, very few dysfunctional beehives, I would think. Well, but and ironically, you know, the, you would think the queen's in charge, and in a lot of ways, certainly her pheromone drives the hive. Mm-hmm. But it's really the workers uh, that she can't feed herself. It's a union shop. Example. Is that what they, you're saying? Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, definitely uh, uh, an equal need. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bees can't exist without a, the queen, but that's also, you know, vice versa. In fact, when when bees swarm. What generally happens is the uh, hive is somewhat dissatisfied with the queen that they have. Uh, so they get her all excited uh, through a series of little bee dances. Uh, and they, that, that, so they, it's actually the old queen that leaves mm. with about half the hive. Mm-hmm. And then the remainder, now they've, they've coaxed the queen into laying queen cells mm-hmm. and fed them the magic, uh, the royal jelly. Mm-hmm. And so they create their own new queen, and, and only they know when oh. the time's right to do that. But wow. it's not the queen that decides to leave. That's actually fascinating. Yes. I had no idea. It's very fascinating. That's why I, I love talking real estate. Because <laughs> I learned <laughs> who <so> knew? <laughs> and who knew Dan was the the, the beekeeper? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, Michelle. The reason that I'm interested in, in the beekeeping process is because of what Dan says, only I look at it in somewhat reverse. When I'm around the bees, I know I have to be calm. I know I have to go in with a good attitude because the bees can sense my feelings. And it forces me to take on kind of a zen feeling. Uh And I hear the buzzing sound going on, and then I watch each bee. I can focus on one bee and see what they're doing, and I realize that 
the bees are all doing something different. Dan pointed out to me, I had a chance to visit his hives a few months back, that some of the bees, all they do is they're the um, essentially the bellmen, uh, the doormen, and and they're busy checking to see, checking for IDs and checking for luggage, and then they're flapping their wings to keep the airflow in the hive going in the right. So they're also in charge of HVAC. They, they actually go uh, through different uh, job positions as they go through the well, They have a rotation shift. Yeah, they, they come out initially they're uh, nurse bees they feed the larvae and mm-hmm. kind of tidy the hive inside it mm-hmm. but as they mature uh, they'll eventually end up as worker bee these are the ones we see on the flowers and that's mm-hmm. the dangerous job that's the SWAT team mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but through their life they may assume several different jobs yeah. as they mature. Well, you know, that's that's the way we millennials like to roll. We start out at one place <laughs> and then we, we we keep going millennial bees. Uh, so, uh, why are we talking about bees on Nevada Real Estate Radio? We'll be talking about it because it's a fun thing to do. You can be a backyard beekeeper. Dan gave me a great book called The Backyard Beekeeper and I'm going to do a little backyard keep beekeeping myself. But get this. There are some people that actually make money off the honey. Some local people. Some local people that make honey and they do a really good job at it and you know if they were wondering if they could afford to buy their home and make the mortgage payments and their debt to income ratio was tight uh, if they're by just having fun being able to generate some revenue i mean it's got a potential for income i'm looking to become a b millionaire someday in fact uh, dan what do you think I, my I, chan- you know i hope so yeah because in my old age i'm going to need some benefactors <laughs> there you go life. I'd say if you get a little stipend from each bee. Yeah, I mean, well, you know. that's right. It's one, uh, one teaspoon each worker pr- oh, one produces teaspoon. in their lifetime. Uh, very yeah, nice. So. Very nice. So I'll put, uh, maybe that will improve my debt-to-income ratio, Michelle. When I come to see you, I'll yeah. tell you about my. Maybe my, yeah, my you have to do it for at least two years, though. Yes, right? that's oh, yeah. right. Don't forget the guidelines, okay, Peter. Get a <laughs> yeah. in the I know you've been out of markets for a couple of years. But. <laughs> well, so uh, before we wrap up, I do want to let people know again the most recent information that we have from the Reno Real Associate Sparks Association of Realtors on the median price of a single family residence in Northern Nevada, Reno. $329,750. That was a jump up from July, a 9% jump up. Now, I haven't seen any printed reports since then, Michelle, but I think I heard some uh, some data coming through that said that the following month it went down. Can you Do you think maybe we've hit a plateau from your perspective, or is it really one month not enough to tell? Well, I think we, if you look back to the previous month and then before that, we kind of had the same thing mm-hmm. where it was up one, down one. Right. Um, I would be surprised if it went up this next month because we, I think we flattened out a little bit. And the, and the intelligence on the street that I'm getting from realtors is that, you know, they're maybe not seeing as many multiple offers. It's taking a little longer for showings. Um, maybe people aren't paying the full price. There's a little bit of negotiating going on. Mm-hmm. So... Well, we'll see. Well, I, I think our, our our year, your school year, particularly, has become so compressed yes. that it's really changed. Yeah. That you do see in May, June, July, a big rush of activity. Oh yeah, because certainly the case last year that the medium price peaked in July mm-hmm. and was exactly the same in January. Right. So yeah, yeah, well, our kids are going back to school on August eighth, so know. your shopping season ends, and it. I think it takes, especially families. This is what I see: it takes them a few weeks of getting used to the new school year and yeah. getting their kids organized before they're back out hunting again. Right, right. There's a lot of lot of stuff going on in the brains. Uh, all well, on median income of, or, or price, you know, the, I think we've yet to really see 
the intervention of the higher end in our market. I mean, let's face it, these big boys selling are going to jack that up. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of the dangers of looking at just median prices. You right. throw in a couple $2 million sales, oh, yeah. and it, it really skews the number. But yeah. I do see that coming back in a more healthy way. I think a good example this year is Pine Bluff up in Collin Ranch. Mm-hmm. That's a home crafters project. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've virtually pre-sold all their homes. And mm-hmm. this is an entry entering at about seven and a quarter. Mm-hmm. So it's, kind of, it's nice to see that, and that's a healthy sign to look at future, I guess. Yeah, that'll be a nice project. Always great to have you both in the studio, but time is short, and I'm hoping both of you will come back to visit soon. But in the meantime, Dan Ryder, if anybody wants to reach you at Nevada Home Connections, what's the best number? 775-742-3376. And I've got your information on our website, too. And Michelle Holbert, Caliber Home Loans, good way to contact you. Best number for me is 775-742-3559. Well, we're going to enjoy listening to our next conversation with you both. I'm hoping you'll come back again soon. And as for our listeners, if you have any questions for us, call us anytime after the show at Nevada Real Estate Radio, 775-786-5515. Tell your friends and your family, too, that we're on next week. Same time, same station, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender.